Arif. Today we are going to read Sadhguru's newest book, Death, an Inside Story. Death Blow, an Introduction We all want to live well and when it's time, die well too. This is the essence of most human aspirations. Within this, much if not most of human endeavors is dedicated to living well and the outcome reflects it. Humans have achieved much in terms of living well. We have managed to acquire more comfort and convenience than any other generation in the past. However, when it comes to dying well, it cannot be said that we die in any way better than our ancestors. Many explain why humans were successful with living better but not dying better, the most significant of them being the disparity between the way we treat life and death in our societies. Everywhere in the world, life is mostly considered a success that is to be sung, celebrated, but death is considered a failure that is to be shunned and mourned. Oddly enough, in the constituted diatomy of life and death, it is life that is a four-letter word, not death. Yet, in the world, it is death that gets the bad press. Death is a word whose mere utterance can get uh, hush dinner conversations. Children are taught never to utter words at home unless the god of death chooses to visit while the adults are on the quest to invent overly woke euphemism that try to mask the bluntness of every of event with vanity it is said that humans do not know much about death because they do not know much about life in the first place death is brief occurrence at the end of long life. But even after having lived a full lifetime, people are clueless about simple questions about life. Like where did we come from? Where are we going? So confusion about death is understandable. However, it must be acknowledged that in the recent times, Humankind has indeed traveled far from its simplistic understanding that life is God's gift and death is his wrath. Traditionally, it was only religion that people looked up to for the unraveling of this mystery, adjudication of matters related to death and dying was mostly in the hands of shamans and priests of various kinds was only in the past couple of hundred years when the slew of medical discoveries began making a considerable impact upon the health and mortality on a global scale that people began turning into modern sciences for answers on death and dying as well. The success of modern science in dealing with matters of death and dying can be seen in phenomenal improvement in just two of the global health parameters, life expectancy and infant mortality. 
no better testimony to success of modern medicine is needed than the burgeoning population of 7.75 billion people on the planet with this development modern medicine has formally dislodged everything else as the final adjudicator of all matters of life and death modern science is characterized by objectivity and universality has now enabled people to look out death in ways that were not possible before however the blazing trail left by the modern science is not with it, without its blind spots dangers and destruction one major outcome of death being handled by modern science is what has come to be called medicalization of death death especially in more advanced country is no longer looked at as a natural phenomena but as a medical condition which even ordinary life events and conditions being treated as risk and diseases death being preceded by excessive and often aggressive medical intention has become the new norm moreover humans have never become comfortable with their mortal nature so the success of medical science has only breath a fresh lease of life to the historic quest of immortality riding on the shoulders of modern science people have now begun to speculate if deathlessness is in fact is not in fact the norm and disease and aberration it has emboldened people to wonder if death is not just one more disease that needs to be conquered something that super slaves in white coats will surely do within our lifetime our growing capability to interfere with the fundamental life process has undoubtedly increased our propensity to overdo it one reason why scientists appear akin to the six blind men studying an elephant getting parts of it right while missing the whole is the keyhole vision of life death just as life can be understood as having three components there is a biological part a psychological part and a metaphysical part that causes the biology and psychology to happen In recent times our understanding of biology of death has greatly increased today we have a much better understanding of the point where biology life ends and death begins in terms of psychology too much process has been made progress has been made what makes a person is it nature or nurture what is the role of each these aspects are too much better understood but the more profound question of why death or life happens and how are largely not understood unfortunately today's science has access to the being only from the point where body begins to the point where it ends science does not even acknowledge the possibility that there is something that could precede life or succeed death the hypothesis that life is just a chance occurrence in 
this vast universe of infinite permutations and combinations of factors is riddled with many holes the simple fact that an unseen force abruptly turns on the biology for a period of time and then turns it off equally abruptly begs a deeper investigation even by the standards of science while science stops where the body drops the religion of the world are full of speculation as to what happens after that leaving one lost somewhere in the no man's land in between it is in such times that the presence of a yogi or a mystic like sadguru who draws primarily from an inner experience rather than tradition or scripture or academic learning becomes invaluable sadguru is a modern mystic yogi who has touched and transformed the lives of millions of people around the world with his unique insight into life and the tool of self transformation one afternoon almost 4 decades ago sadguru then a young man at his cocky best had a deep spiritual experience that changed his world view and life entirely suddenly what i had thought all my life was me and was all around i did not know which was me and which was not me i also made him deeply it also made him deeply ecstatic over the next few months the experience became more stabilized and a living reality this spiritual realization also brought back a flood of memories of his past lives a deeper understanding of the process of life and death this experience made sadguru set out with a plan to teach the whole world to live as joyfully and ecstatically as he does over the past four decades this has turned into a global movement aimed at self transformation but looking back it is unclear as to at what point did sadguru who had been considered a foremost authority on joyful living began regarded as an authority on death as well was it when he began recounting clearly his past lives or was it 25 years ago when he articulated the first time the purpose of his current life to consecrate the dhyana linga the dream of many accomplished yogis which was entrusted to him by his guru 3 lifetimes ago or was it several people around him who were able to recollect their association with him in the past lives spontaneously it is not very clear when but soon people began to turn into sadguru on the matter of death and dying as well however sadguru has not always been the most communicative about death in fact one would think he was being evasive 
too many people who thought they could extract the deepest secrets of life thought a single innocuous question what happens after death sadguru have have been disappointed to their dismay they were usually teased by responses like something are known only by experience others who wanted to know how to communicate with the dead were told about told to worry about communicating with the living first people who asked about the existence of souls were told that they had two of them one under each foot yet all his teachings and practices have not been without a tinge of death or more Sadhguru is probably the only person on the planet who would in a deadpan tone talk about death to half full of people first thing in the morning during certain residential programs he would then lead them through a guided meditation on experiencing death first hand he is probably the only one who would teach the way of effortless living by initiating people into a death like experience of meditation to be practiced twice a day he is also the ambitious person who sets out to teach everyone in the world the way of living joyously but on finding that he is falling short pragmatically embarks on teaching them methods to die peacefully at least he is also the person who assures people if you have been initiated by me or have made the mistake of sitting in front of me totally even for one moment there is no rebirth for you and the list goes on once when we were filming sadguru for a dvd somebody asked him why is it that in the most eastern traditions a very high level of sanctity is accorded with the moment of death why is it that moment of death is granted a shot of quasi spirituality spiritual status speaking outside his usual script script of deterrence sadguru said that if the moment of death is handled properly if there was proper preparation proper guidance and perhaps some outside help as well then in spiritual term even that which probably did not happen in life could happen in death this was a revolution to me i had never heard of anyone speak of death as spiritually spiritual possibility some discussion followed this but since it was mostly outside the scope of the video being filmed sadguru did not elaborate further i was very intrigued sadguru did sadguru just say that there is a big spiritual possibility hiding in plain sight in the much feared much abhorred aspect of life death was there a huge free ride waiting to be taken at the moment of death 
we were obvious oblivious to it if so why haven't we heard of this before why is it not being spoken about more why are we not alerting people to it could sadguru offer the necessary guidance for the preparation could he give the required help of course he could but would he could he be coaxed into opening another front in his engagement with the world sadguru was certainly willing but the task of compiling the book was not as easy as i had imagined i had assumed it would be a simple task because after all if one knew something how difficult would articulating be well that assumption turned out to be somewhat premature because explanation can only traverse from the known to the unknown and in this case the gap turned out to be rather formidable the grand phenomena of life cannot be constrained to the period between birth and death as seen by the modern science it goes back all the way to the beginning of creation and extends all the way to wherever creation is heading hence any understanding of death that does not take this fact into account is bound to be incomplete and incorrect in the first part of the book life and death in one breath sadguru describes the essential mechanism of life and death using several approaches he describes the yogic understanding and further simplifies this using the example of the familiar soap bubble taking the discourses beyond the usual boundaries sadguru traces the origin of life from the beginning of creation to the cycle of birth and death that we all undergo he talks about the different kinds of death and what choices we have in death he concludes the first part by describing the highest form of death the dissolution of self which is the goal of all spiritual seekers in addition to explaining the underlying mechanisms of birth and death one of the objective of the book is also to help one achieve a good death in the second part of the book the gracefulness of death sadguru clarifies what a good death is and what preparations we can make for it moreover when a person is dying he is in the most vulnerable situation unable to help himself sadguru explains what assistance can one provide in such situations and the difference that one can make for the dying person he talks about how the person's journey after death could be assisted by doing some simple acts he also shares some precious insights into grief and how we can deal with it in a meaningful manner 
the afterlife is strictly not a part of the process of death and dying but a byproduct of it in the third part of the book life after death sanyu offers us insight into this much misunderstood and malign aspect of life here sadguru talks about ghosts and spirits their origins and their lives what they can and cannot do to us and how we can protect ourselves he also talks about the process of reincarnation what passes on from one birth to another and what is lost he also examines if our previous lives are of any relevance to our present lives at all in this context sadguru talks about his own past lives and answers the question people frequently ask him will he be coming back the book is in no way complete in presenting all that we seek to know about death and dying nor is it the sum total of all that sadguru has to offer but we hope it will be an active force to dispel the gamut of misconception about death in the world the most significant aspect of the book however is how the tools offered by sadguru and his presence in our midst can help us make our own death more graceful and spiritually significant in all the ensuring chatter about death and dying it is hope that this primary purpose of the book is not lost on the reader sanyu nisarga job or not 
if you will be successful or not but this one thing is guaranteed in your life you will go straight to your grave one of the biggest human follies is to engage with death in the third person as though it is an abstract event that happens to other per- people not you do you know what about 16000 people in the world who were alive yesterday are not there today each second two people die in the world and one day it is going to happen to be you and me too it does not take enormous research or intelligence even education to know this this knowledge is inbuilt in every human being yet we think we have an unlimited leash of life this situation is best expressed in the indian epic mahabharat the five pandav princes who are protagonists are lost in the village severely starved and parched they scour the nearby hills for water and food they spot a lake as they try to drink from it they are confronted by yaksa a celestial being in the form of a white crane who insists they answer his question first refusing to be stopped by a mere bird one by one they try to drink from the lake and drop dead only yudhishthir the eldest of them is left always the humble and righteous one yudhishthir ignores his thirst and engages with the yakasa who fires a volley of questions about life at him one of those questions being what is the biggest wonder of life without hesitation yudhishthir famously answers hundreds and thousands of people living uh, meet a death at every moment yet the foolish man thinks himself deathless and does not prepare for death this is the biggest wonder of life the yakasa is pleased with the answer so he allows him to drink from the lake and also restores the life of his dead brothers this happened 5000 years ago but the human psyche regarding death has changed very little since then that is a very fundamental question actually that is closer to us than the statistics we read about each moment that is happening in us at the organ and cellular level this is how with just one look at your inside your doctor knows how old you are in fact that began in us even before we were born only if you are ignorant and unaware does it seem like death will come to you some day later if you are aware you will see both life and death are happening every moment if you are much as if you as much as breathe a little more consciously 
you will notice that with every inhalation there is life with every exhalation there is death upon birth the first thing that a child does is inhale take the gas of air and the last thing that you will do in your life is exhale you will exhale now and if you do not take the in- next inhalation you will be dead if you do not get this just do an exhalation and hold your nose do not do the next inhalation within a few moments every cell in your body will start screaming for life life and death are happening at all the time they exist together inseparably in the same breath this relationship goes even beyond the breath breath is only a supporting actor the real process of is of the life energy or prana that controls physical existence with certain mastery over prana one can exist beyond breath for substantial amounts of time breath is a bit more immediate in its requirements but in the same category as food and water death is such a fundamental aspect because if one small thing happens you can be gone tomorrow morning why tomorrow morning one small thing now and you could be off the next moment if you were like any other creature maybe you would be unable to think about all this but once one is endowed with human intelligence how can you just ignore such a significant aspect of your life how can you avoid it and live on as if you are going to be here forever how is it that after living here for millions of years of life human beings still don't know a damn thing about death well they know nothing about life either we know all the trappings about life but what do you know about life as such fundamentally this situation has come about because you have lost perspective as to who you are in the universe if this solar system in which we are evaporates tomorrow morning no one will even notice it in the cosmos it is that small just a speck in this speck of solar system planet earth is a microspeck in that microspeck the city you live in is a super microspeck and in that you are a big man this is a serious problem when you have completely lost perspective as to who you are how do you think you will grasp anything about the nature of life and that one reason people can't ignore that and continue to live on in their ignorance is simply that the religious religions of the world have spread all kinds of idiotic stories about life and death they created some silly childish explanations for everything 
how was i born the stork what you what were you going to do where are you going to go to heaven this explanation is very simple and absurd at least they should have chosen a more efficient mode of transport than a stork stork migrate only in a particular season so all the children should have been born in that season alone not during other times moreover if people are so sure that they are going to heaven after they die i ask them why are you delaying your departure then why not go right now all these silly stories have snuffed out the basic human curiosity about life and death otherwise sheer curiosity if not the pain of suffering of life would have strongly propelled many people to seek answer to this fundamental question mortal nature people always think that reminding themselves of god will make them spiritual not at all if you keep thinking or believing in god you will not do your job properly but you think you will produce good result you will not study for your exam so think you will be first in your class because of your prayer such people become more brazen than others about life because now they have got god support always people who believe that god is with them have done the most violent things on the planet god is with me gives you a new confidence which is very dangerous if you think of god this way you will not become spiritual you will actually become brazen and stupid once it happened there were two young boys very energetic boys in a neighborhood usually when young boys are very energetic they are in constant trouble the same happened with these boys also their parents were very embarrassed by them because the entire community was discussing their children so not knowing what to do they decided to take them to the local parish priest to correct them because the boys would be too strong to handle together the parents decided to take them to the priest separately they took the younger boy first made him sit down in the priest office and left the priest walked in with his long robes and walked up and down the room a few times with a grave face the boy sat there his eyes eyeball doing the ping pong act as he thought as he walked up and down the priest worked out a strategy he thought if i remind the boy that god is within him all his mischief will go so he dramatically stopped with stride and with a booming voice he asked the boy where is god boy looked bewildered he started looking all around because he thought god must be somewhere at the priest's office the priest saw that the boy was not getting the point thinking that he should give a little clue that god is within him the priest leaned on the table and pointing at the little boy boomed again where is god the 
boy looked even more bewildered looking under the table the priest saw that the boy was still not getting it so he walked around came close to him and tapped on his little boy chest and boomed again where is god the boy now got up and bolted out of the room he ran to where his elders elder brother was and said we are in real trouble brother asked why what happened he said they have lost their god and they think we did it thinking about god you will think that you can do idiotic things in your life and with a prayer everything will be fixed this is not becoming spiritual it is only when you become conscious that you will also die you will turn spiritual only when this awareness of morality seeps into you you will turn inwards the moment you address the mortal nature of who you are you will also want to know what the source of life is you will develop the longing to know what is this all about and what is beyond this thing natural quest that is the spiritual process no one would seek spirituality they did not know what know that they would die when you are young you think you are immortal slowly as you get older at least your body definitely reminds you that you are mortal and when you are faced with death death of someone dear to you you will surely begin to wonder what all this is about if you are aware of the mortal nature of your life aware is the time to get angry with someone or quarrel with someone or do anything stupid life once you come to terms with death and you are conscious that you would die you will want to make every moment of your life as beautiful as possible those who are constantly aware of mortal fragile nature of existence do not want to miss even a single moment they will naturally be aware they cannot take anything for granted they will live very purposefully people who believe they are immortal can fight and fight to death in the indian tradition cremation grounds are always held to be very sacred when someone dies even if it is someone that you do not know it hits you somewhere in any genuine spiritual practice there is always the smell of death if you go deep enough into it it will remind you that you are mortal whatever sadhana that is spiritual practice we have been teaching you whether it is sunaya or shakti chalana or sambhavi mahamudra even more so with samayana is some of the various programs offered by Sadhguru under the banner Isha Yoga. Essentially, 
there is a tingle of death in it if there is no tingle of death in it there is no spirituality it is just entertainment if someone taught you a superficial lala practice it may make you feel good but there is nothing more to it traditionally every yogi started his spiritual pursuit in the cremation ground in fact many masters have used this as a spiritual process gautam the buddha made it compulsory for his monks before he initiated anyone who came to him he asked them to go and sit in the busiest cremation ground for 3 months just watching the corpses burning even today if you go to manikarna ghat in banarasi a minimum of half dozen bodies will be burning there at any given time and it is handled like a normal business very casually these days there are not enough time for them to fully burn the bodies because even before one body is fully burned the next body has already come so they throw his half burned body into the river this is actually very good for you to see that this is how people are going to treat you also one day when i was young i had no knowledge of all this but from at from the age of 8 to 17 i happened to spend an enormous amount of time in the cremation ground it simply intrigued me everyone talked about so many airy things happening there i had heard stories that spirits hang upside down from trees i wanted to see these things for myself so i spent many days and nights in the cremation ground there was one very close to our home and another in the foothills of chamundi hill the one at chamundi hill was very busy any time you went there there would be at least four or five bodies burning whenever i went trekking i spent the nights there because the hill would be cold but here there was fire burning all the time so i would sit by the fire and simply watch the burning there was also a lot of drama that used to happen around the pyre usually when people come with a body to the cremation ground they are all crying like they have lost everything in life and all that they set fire to the body they start there stay there for half an hour or 40 minutes and then they leave the fire is still burning but they leave probably because they have other business to attend to but i would sit there watching if you have carefully observed a body being burned on a pyre the first thing that burns up is the neck because it is narrow and this happens unless they have made a large and proper arrangement of firewood the half burned head invariably rolls off the pyre like a football it looks a little airy head rolling off a pyre 
probably because the firewood is expensive or because they do not have sufficient experience in arranging a proper theory. This used to happen often and it would happen three and a half to four hours of burning. By that time, no relatives would be present, so I would be the one to pick up the head and put them back on the theory. I spent many days and nights in the cremation ground just sitting and looking and helping these bodies burn fully. I set forth a completely different kind of process in me. I know you would want to avoid this, but it is good to sit down and watch the bodies burning continuously. Living in the comfort of your house is very easy to think. You are immortal because when a body is burning in front of you, it is not very difficult to see that this could be you tomorrow. Mentally and emotionally, there may be reactions, but the most important thing is that your body perceives life in its own way. The sight of another body burning deeply unsettles it. It brings a different kind of awareness and sense within you. Many things that you have imagined about yourself will all get burned in the cremation ground. If you sit there and keep watching what happened, when you are watching the bodies burn, you should not think about it. Simply look at it. Just look at it and look at it and look at it. After some time, you will see it is just you. It is not any different. It's your own body. Once you can replace that body with yours, stay and sit still there. There is a deep acceptance of death. This is not a psychological process. When your body perceives the fragility of its existence, there is a deep, profound belief and acceptance. Once there is a deep acceptance of death, then life will happen to you in an enormous proportion. It is only because you try to keep death away, life has also stayed away from you. This is why almost every yogi spent a significant amount of time in the cremation ground at some point or other in his life. Exploring death An incident occurred when I was still in school which made me deeply intrigued by death. I was 13 at that time. I was fairly unusual child in school but usually no one dared to tease me because I would beat them up. But there was this girl named Suchitra who was a little crazy and for some reason she would go on teasing me Chucky the Great, Chucky the Great. I was irritated but I ignored it. Once after 
a school vacation she did not come back to school every day when her name was called during attendance some of us would squeak out a female voice and try to answer her attendance for fun this happened for a few days then this girl's brother who was junior to us by 2 years in the same school told us that his sister had died of pneumonia during the vacations that really freaked me out not because someone had died out but because someone who was alive and here with us had vanished just like that i became deeply intrigued by this this girl was my age doing many things in class and she was suddenly gone they said she was dead but i wanted to know where she could have gone until then to me it was only old people who died but being of my age group the girl has had brought death to my doorstep now it was no more a curiosity question but a very existential one i wanted to know where the hell do people go when they die and what happens after death i had already asked these questions to many people even before this incident occurred i had also spent a lot of time in the cremation grounds in the town hill but still i did not know what happened after death so i thought i would undertake a journey to death myself and see what happens my father is a physician so he had a medicine cabinet at home i knew there were lots of medicine in it among them i found a bottle of cardinal sodium it was kind of barbiture that can put you to sleep the bottle was supposed to contain a hundred tablets but when i took them out and counted there were only 98 someone had opened it and used up two i thought 98 tablets would be strong enough a dose to cause death next i went through my cupboard i had some money and lots of personal property like marbles catapults and a few bird pets which are of a great value for a young boy i decided to give them all away because i was going to die anyway something i gave to my little brother the rest i distributed among my close friends i told them i was leaving they all thought it was a big joke then one day i decided that i would do it at that night i did not eat my dinner that night because i knew if there was food in the stomach these things may not work very well i told my father i was not hungry and went to the terrace with the tablets i popped in all the 98 pills and just went to sleep hoping that i would know where all the dead people go in the morning they did everything to wake me up but i would not wake up usually it was a little hard for 
need to wake up in the morning but this time i just didn't wake up at all then my father saw that i was limp everyone became terrified and took me to a hospital they did a stomach wash put on stomach uh, put on oxygen and all that but i did not wake up for 3 days i was lifeless and in a deep sleep on the third day i slowly came awake still lying down on the bed i slowly opened my eyes the first thing i saw were the rafters in the ceiling above the bed immediately i recognized where i was i had seen those rafters many times before i had visited my father at the railway hospital where he worked so there i was lying in a bed in his hospital with all kinds of tubes sticking out of me it was very frustrating because i had gone through all this trouble hoping to see where one goes after death and all i see are the damn rafters in the railway that was a desperate attempt to know what happened after death but i had learned nothing about it the only consolation was that i learned that this was not the way to know later i managed to bully my friends into returning most of the stuff i had distributed to them and life carried on many years later when i was a young man living life at my cocky best a deep experience came unasked that changed my perspective about life and death completely on one warm september afternoon i was just sitting alone on a rock in chamundi hills i had my eyes opened not even closed when something began to happen to me suddenly i thought all my life was me was all around my inside had become the outside i did not know which was me and which was not me the air that i was breathing the rock on which i was sitting the atmosphere around me everything had become me it was crazy because what was happening was indescribable what was me had become so enormous it was everywhere i thought this lasted a few minutes but when i came back to my normal senses the sun had set and it was dark my eyes were open i was fully aware but what i had considered as myself until that moment had disappeared from the time i was 8 years of age i had not shed a single tear but now as i was sitting tears were flowing to the point where my shirt was wet i have always been a peaceful and happy that has never been an issue but here i was drenched with a completely new kind of blissfulness it was about 7:30 in the morning in the evening about 4 and a half hours had passed like this when i went back home this sort of experience became 
recurring they became more and more frequent for a period of time it was a bit of a war between a phenomenal experience with a flood of memory and my super smart intellect the intellect struggled it would not give in the only thing that my mind could tell me was that i was losing my balance but the experience was so beautiful that i did want to lose it it was absolutely fantastic but at the same time somewhere i was thinking this could be some kind of madness going on because it was too good to be real questions about death did not even come into the picture because life was happening in such proportions but this experience made me realize that people don't die they may have disappeared from your perception but they do not die they live on i was flooded with lifetimes of memories and experience that made me realize that the past few lifetimes for me were about the same work in the same place to the same extent with the same people it was this understanding of life and that that has shaped my life since then in a way that is a friction created by ignorant people that is the creation of the unaware because if you are aware it is life life and life alone moving from one dimension of existence to another is that a calamity people think that that is a tragedy it is not even living their entire lives without experiencing tragedy is a tragedy if you die there is really no tragedy it is the end of whatever problem you are experiencing in life but if you are alive and not experiencing life in its totality that is a true tragedy this is expressed very beautifully in sanskrit it says janam sukhadam marnam karunam janam means birth or life it says life is a pleasure or joy this is so if you learn to handle your body and mind properly you experience your experience of life will be a pleasure or joy but marnam or death is karunam or compassion death is compassion because it relieves you right now people have a distorted orientation of life they don't want to die they don't realize that if you were ever condemned to be immortal or if death were taken away from you it would be the most horrible thing to happen to you however beautiful your life becomes if death comes at the right time to you you are very fortunate if it comes late if life stretches itself beyond a certain point that will be the worst kind of suffering then you will find that when death comes it is a great relief 
life needs a certain amount of tension to keep it going but in death there is relaxation in fact death is the highest relaxation however if you also know the relaxation of death when you are alive then life becomes an utterly effortless process if we look at life and death as a happening of happening in terms of your experience your inhalation is life and your exhalation is death you can experiment with this take one big inhalation and see how your body and minds are now do one big exhalation and see how your body and mind are which do you find is more relaxing in fact whatever tension builds up in you the natural mechanism in the body wants to exhale this is what you call a sigh it relaxes you a little bit life needs a certain tension otherwise you cannot keep going death is utter relaxation this is how it would have been if your mind had not banished death as evil if your traditions and culture had not taught you that death is evil or a calamity that should be avoided believe me you would breathe in in a completely different way if you observe people around you right now you will see that for almost 99% of the people their exhalation is never complete the mind has rejected death so their exhalation will not happen totally they will inhale but exhalation does not happen totally this is one of the reason why over some time you build up so much tension within the system that it is reaching a breaking point mentally and psychologically the greatest calamity of human mind is that it is against death the moment you reject death you also reject life you think life is right and death is wrong it is not so life is what it is only because of death a river always happens between two banks but you are standing on the right bank and say i don't like the left bank it should disappear if the left bank disappears the river will also disappear the right bank also will disappear if the right bank has to be there the left bank also has to be there it is like could it there be light without darkness one who does not embrace death will not know life at all if you sit here saying i don't want to die i don't want to die i don't want to die all that will happen is that you will not live you will die anyway but by denying death you will not live well until then either if you are afraid of death you will only avoid life you can avoid death you cannot avoid death even now in some culture death is held as something that is to be celebrated not mourned after all from somewhere you got released into this planet within the atmosphere
however large a space you occupy it is still a small prison but death is an endless possibility so there is much to much more joy much more of a sense of excitement about this than birth for someone who is aware of this possibility there is no such thing as life and death life is death death is life they are not different death is in fact life in a very intense form people who have experienced moments of great danger in their life clearly know this once it happened to men old men in a tiny town in indiana usa in a local bar and both of them were sitting grumpily at two different tables in a and drinking then one guy looked at the other and saw the birthmark on the other guy's temple so he walked up to him and said hey is that you joshua yeah who are you don't you recognize me i'm mark we were in the war together he said oh my god and they lit up suddenly they were together in world war 2 had been 50 years since then so they sat down at one table and started drinking together talking and eating they had seen about 40 years of action in those treacherous trenches of world war 2 in europe 40 minutes of blitz they talked about those 40 minutes in so many vivid ways for over 2 hours after they were done with all this one guy asked the other what have you been doing since then he said ah i've been just a salesman 40 minutes of war they spoke for 2 hours with great excitement but 50 years of life after that were summed up as just i've just been a salesman that's how it happened moments of danger are moments when you experience both life and death together at the same time these are the moments you realize that life and death are here at the same place they are not two separate things they are one inside the other life is all packed like this creation and the creator life and death attention a lot of attention to see it otherwise one just lives on the surface half life if you don't know life and death at the same time you will only know one half of life being half alive is a torture anyway if you want to live as a full life you should look at your mortal nature every day not only when you are beyond a certain age every day of your life you need to be aware that you are mortal it is not that i want to die today but if i do it is all right with me i will do everything to protect myself to nurture myself to take care of myself but if i have to die today it is okay with me only then can i step out and live otherwise i cannot live
avoiding death if avoiding death is avoiding life dodging life is avoiding death most people if life becomes unpleasant or burdensome then knowingly or unknowingly they start dodging life once you start dodging life you are invariably inviting death there is no better method in the world to dodge life either you do it consciously or you do it unconsciously one major contribution to the multiple complex ailments that you see on the planet these days is that people are trying to dodge life and in the process are inviting death the body is only cooperating with this the body is just fulfilling your desires to invite death ask it and it shall happen are trying to avoid life because they think it is unsafe you should know that only safe place on the planet is your grave nothing happens there there is no safety in life itself like i said earlier tomorrow morning you may be dead no matter how much security you create for yourself i am not wishing this on you but it does not matter how healthy you are how well you are right now tomorrow you may be dead it is a real possibility so there is no such thing as security in this life the moment you start seeking security naturally you become death oriented unknowingly you will seek death in india it is a tradition that whenever you see a sage or a saint you should not miss the opportunity to get their blessings so many times people come to me and say sadguru please bless me that nothing should happen to me really what kind of a blessing is this my blessing is that let everything happen to you let everything that is life happen to you have you come here to avoid life or to experience life if you want to avoid life i have better technology than If you want to avoid life all it takes is a 2 meter rope to hang yourself from the ceiling and it is not expensive either i am taking the efficient approach when alive to try to avoid life is very negative our aliveness is a very belief brief happening but we shall be dead for long time so taking one's life is not really an option this happens by mistake the psychological trauma for an existential life the moment you think of security you are assisting death i want you to know death does not need your assistance death is super efficient on the other hand life needs assistance if you notice whatever you do with life no matter how much you do with life there is still something more you can do with it life needs all your attention and efforts death does not need your support it will happen anyway it will happen with absolute efficiency there is no failure there as all shall pass people think nothing new should happen to them but they want an exciting life how is that possible 
this is a no-win situation, you are creating for yourself. What can happen to you at most? At most you will die. There is nothing more than that can happen to you. And whatever happens in your life, you did not come here with an investment. You came empty-handed. You cannot lose in this life. See how wonderful it is. Whatever happens, you are still on the profit side. So, what are you complaining about? This happened about 10 years ago. At that time, the stock market in India was going down. Some people in Mumbai thought a man to meet me. It seems he was initially worth about rupees 250 million. Then he took a beating in the stock market. In about 8 months time he was worth only about rupees 30 million. Now the man was broken, depressed and wanting to commit suicide because he had only 30 million. He was in a bad state so they wanted me to help him. I thought this was funny because for many Indians rupees 30 million would be more than heaven. If you give him an option between heaven and 30 million, they will choose 30 million. But this man is depressed and wants to commit suicide because he has only rupees 30 million. This is not just about him. You are doing this to yourself all the time. Let new things happen to you. If you create this kind of nothing should happen to me situation within yourself, you will become stagnant. Stagnation means that if life does not move on, if new possibilities don't arise within you, you are living dead. This is the reason that even when nothing has gone wrong with people's life, you can see so many long faces on the street. For most of them, life has worked out far better than they ever imagined. Materially, we are all living much better than our fathers and grandfathers did. But still, there are these long faces on the street. This is happening not because something has gone wrong. This is because of stagnation. You cannot live with stagnation because it is like living death. Being living death is a fantastic experience, but to be death-like when alive is horribly painful. If you are alive, it is wonderful. If you are dead, we are not bothered about you. There are too many dead people walking, which is why there is such a misery on the planet. But if all bright and alive at the same time, now slowly, they will hop into the grave. Yes, with time, the physical body will deplete. That is why if only psychological and physiological processes are in your experience, it is only natural that with passage of time you will deplete. Only if the fundamental life energy is in your experience, if the right things are done about the life process, then you will not deplete with age, rather become greatly enhanced. So it is only life which must be constantly cranked up. There is no need to invite or practice that because death does not need your support.